Welcome to the Total Wealth Academy radio show, where wealth includes much more than just money. It includes family, fitness, romance, and all the other parts of a balanced life. Listen and learn how 70% of the millionaires in America made their money using real estate. Now your host, real estate investor and consultant, Steve Davis. Welcome to the radio show. TWA's Wednesday show. I'm your host, Trevor Davis. Hope y'all are having a great week. And what we're going to be doing since we've officially finished up the Tony Robbins content as of last week is we're going to start switching gears and start investigating in a little more detail the content that we present during the free sample class. So in a big way, this is an introduction to this introductory course. And I always encourage people to come out to attend this class in person so you can meet us in person and you can ask questions of us in person, which is ultimately the most effective human means of communication. You know, over the phone is great. It's very, very great technology. GoToMeeting is great. All this virtual stuff that allows people to work from home is great. But ultimately, humans communicate most effectively face-to-face, person-to-person, And that's going to be the way for you to get the best feel for if this real estate thing is something that's going to be for you, if joining us and getting educated with us and joining our membership is going to be something that's beneficial for you or not. You know, you like the cut of our sales pitch or you don't, you like the cut of somebody else's sales pitch for this, or you decide that you do want to find out all this information by yourself. And that's great as well because I can also give you tips on doing that too if that's what you decide to do. So our presentation for the free sample class, and let me go ahead and not go too fast between my introduction from my introduction because I cannot forget to give our quote from Einstein, which is, the measure of intelligence is the ability to change. The change is going to happen to you no matter what. As I've said before, and I will continue to say, because change is constant. Change is one of those guarantees in life. Benjamin Franklin said that the only two guarantees in life are taxes and death. But I would say change has got to be one there as well. And it's such a conundrum for a human being because we are afraid of change because fear is so heavily connected to change. We get afraid of things that defer and that differ away from what we're doing already because for lack of a better term, that's the best way it had to be done for us to survive. And that's the way it's worked in the animal kingdom for a very, very long time, and you can see it across different species. You know, to a certain extent, we can't just be being careless with change If we know that if we're living as cavemen and eating the red apples from a certain tree is great and then there's these berries in the bush that kill you, you know, you probably shouldn't change from eating the red apples in the tree to the berries in the bush. And when we start getting into less crystal clear examples than that one, you know, that principle starts to get a little bit ambiguous, but we're looking to cultivate change in the positive aspects to where we've identified things that are not working. You know, we're not exercising our bodies enough. We're, we're letting our bodies decline. We're letting our muscles atrophy. 
We're letting our brains atrophy. We're not educating ourselves. We're not encountering new ideas. We're doing the same exact things every single day um, with no significant variation. And one of the biggest ironies of all of that is that our brain actually craves change. I mean, boredom, I would argue, comes from not enough change. You know, if you're bored, it's not because you're doing something new. It's probably because you're doing something you've done a million times before, and it's not fun, at least in that moment, because you'd rather be doing something different. Different means change. So it's pretty interesting how there's that conflict between the two parts of our brain that want change and the other side that doesn't want change. And it's probably one of the biggest sources of conflict for the average human person. So make sure that you're thinking about change today. What are some things, or what is just one thing that you want to make a positive change in? And do your best to focus on that one singular thing and block out all this other stuff that you want to change as well for the moment or for the day, and just focus on one solid thing that you can make a difference on today. Exercise is one of the easiest ones because instead of not exercising throughout the entire course of the day, like most Americans, you can do a couple push-ups, you can do a couple sit-ups, you can do a couple squats, you can go grab those dumbbells that have been sitting in your garage and crank out a couple curls. Like it says on the wall at my gym, the workout that happened is always going to be better than a workout that did not happen. So don't beat yourself up from the get-go and sabotage that potential to make change just because all the results that you want from those actions aren't here already. Change is a process. And that's another guarantee about change is that, sure, there are radical, rapid changes Sometimes, but in general, change is actually a pretty slow, gradual process for most things. I mean, humans, the way we age, we don't just turn 20 and then we're full-blown adults. Like, all of a sudden, puberty hit us overnight and now we're 6 feet tall, 200 pounds, full of muscle. Just like you hit age 80, you don't suddenly turn into somebody that... I, I guess, like a lot of 80-year-olds, isn't as strong as they were when they were 20. That's just not how it works. It's a slow process, and it's often a process that in the middle of it, you don't see the changes. Now, I would say we humans are really bad at seeing progressive change. It's very, very hard for us to see the minute, extremely small differences on a day-by-day basis. But working out at the gym clearly creates those differences in the long run. And since we know that to be true, we can guarantee that when we lift a couple weights during the day, when we do a couple calisthenic exercises like push-ups, sit-ups, and squats, we literally are making a substantial difference. And we are lapping the people that are sitting on the couch, which is one of my favorite quotes as well. The people that are out jogging are always going to be lapping the people that are just sitting on the couch doing a whole lot of nothing, overanalyzing every decision, 
and for whatever they end up thinking about are just, as a net result, doing a whole lot of nothing. It's easier than ever, for sure, to do a whole lot of nothing in the modern world because you've got unlimited television shows, unlimited video games, all sorts of junk on your phone, talking on the phone all day, which is not necessarily the best thing if it's about a whole lot of nothing. It's easy to do a whole lot of nothing, and that's probably not what you want to do if you're listening to a show like this. Once we get back, we will get into the content of the free sample class formally and my analysis. Stay tuned. We'll be right back after the break. If you have money in an IRA, 401k, or other retirement account, you can use it to invest passively in real estate without tax or penalty. Our average rate of return is three times that of the stock market and mutual funds with much less volatility. If you have over $70,000, you can start passive investing today. Please attend our free sample class to learn more. Go to TotalWealthAcademy.com. That's TotalWealthAcademy.com for reservations. Thank you. Welcome back to the show, everybody. I'm your host, Trevor Davis, with the Wednesday TWA radio show. So we just talked about doing some small changes with no small emphasis on the fitness side, because here in the U.S., we are the ninth most out-of-shape country on the planet, and that means we have the ninth most overweight and obese people in the world. And when you look at the stats, there's just it's just about a quarter of people that are actually in a healthy weight range. So that doesn't even mean that they're even in shape for muscle. That just means that they're not overweight for their height. So three out of four people in this country are overweight or obese and has a lot to do with food, but definitely no small part to the fitness side. Your body craves activity. You have to do something every single day, even if it's small, even if it's just for a couple of minutes, but you have to do something to get your blood pumping to your cardiovascular, true cardio levels to start getting those benefits on a daily basis and keeping your body from atrophying too soon. So the name of the sample class is really not the sample class. It's creating a life worth living with real estate. And something I want to make clear about that title is that a life worth living does not have to have real estate. There's not any particular investment that you have to have to have the life that you consider worth living. And that's not what this presentation is even really focused on when you look at it. The real estate is the means to an end in the sense that we are based in a cash economy that is not based on trading. So we have decided as a society, as most societies around the world, for us to attach value to denominational currency. So $100 buys $100 worth of goods as established on the open market. And then you've got a sophisticated, diversified market where you have options of buying your products. So if you're going to get something that's $100 here, well, could it be $80 somewhere else or maybe even $50 somewhere else for the same quality? Because if that's the case then you're going to go to the people that are making that product for $50 and not the person that making it for 100 and that's how those price pressures happen in a nutshell. So with the fact that we're in a cash-based currency economy, 
the means to an end to get many of the things that we enjoy that make life worth living involve paying somebody else. And you have to get the money in the first place by helping and serving somebody else. So if there were a way to just trade everything, if we had decided that was the way for society to work, we would still be doing that. And then ultimately, very similar to the way it works now, the people that had the most wealth would have overwhelmingly the most amount of items to trade for. But I think you can take a look at that and realize how ridiculous that would be in a high-tech society like ours pretty quickly. So this is all just a means to an end. There are certain people that love real estate for real estate in and of itself. But that's not me. That's not Steve. That's not most of the members. I mean, that's a very small minority of people that actually have a true passion for real estate. But my big argument here is that even though they don't have the passion for real estate, they still use it. There's got to be a really big reason why someone could be convinced to do something that they're not passionate about. That makes sense, I hope, so far. So real estate is effectively making people money in four ways. And we talked about this at our weekly Sharpen the Saw meeting, which is based on Stephen Covey's seventh habit from the seven habits of highly effective people, which in turn is based on the Abraham Lincoln quote, that says, if I had six hours to chop down a tree, I'd spend four hours sharpening my axe. Okay, it's a saw for most people today, so that's why it ends up being sharpened the saw and the seven habits of highly effective people. So preparation, not only for the task at hand, but when you work hard, you also have to play hard. And maybe that's not the most elegant way to put that, but... You cannot be working yourself to death every possible moment, even if working is your passion. Because for some reason, most people have different activities other than their work that are their energizing, refreshing, recharging activities. And I'm sure there's most people out there that if they're working at some job, they probably have interests outside of that one singular career. So... We have to make sure that we're cultivating that other side of sharpening the saw and we're not ignoring the fact that there is literally a need for us to refresh ourselves on a daily basis. Anyway, with the single family properties, there are four ways that real estate makes money and there are very significant points connected to them that make them practical for people to do not only not liking real estate, loving real estate, but at different income levels as well. And you do not have to be someone that's considered in the upper financial class because that is the ultimate divider across human societies. It's economic class. And of course, there have been racial challenges here in the U.S. and there are racial challenges around the world. Without a doubt, the biggest challenge across the planet has been the economic status of its citizens, the division between the haves and the have-nots. And there are definitely certain patterns there, especially in our country, that we can talk about, but I'm not going to be addressing those formally at this specific moment, 
because I want to focus on the fact that real estate can be very effective for the average middle-class American. Somebody does not have to have millions of dollars already to get into real estate. When we're looking at the single-family deals these days, and this has been true for a while now, it's about twenty dollars to $30,000 out of pocket. And this is something that is very important for us to make clear, and it's something we really like to make clear at TWA because there's this meme out there that says real estate is just super easy. It's no out-of-pocket for everybody, and it only takes a short amount of time for everybody. That's just not true for all three universally. And I would say that there's a lot of stuff that makes it make more sense than a traditional 40, 50-hour-a-week job, without a doubt. But this idea that somebody is always going to be getting deals for zero down is just not realistic. We have to make sure that everybody understands that it takes some skin in the game to make a real estate deal happen. And we've had that issue with the couple people that have met with us who are clearly under the impression that real estate does not cost money. That just isn't the case. It's been a very long time since I've seen a deal that's been zero down or virtually close to it. And what I mean by that is less than $1,000 out of pocket. Because if you see how the numbers work, you can see how it's possible. But in more expensive markets, like we're still in to this day with COVID, it's not really going to happen. So if your expectation is to get into real estate for free, you need to adjust your expectations. You need to understand that you need to get to this point of having a couple ten thousands of dollars ready to invest in these types of projects. But it's still not hundreds of thousands of dollars, and it's certainly not millions of dollars. So when real estate is making people money, it's based on four very important things. It's cash flow, it's equity capture, it's principal reduction, and it's appreciation. And cash flow naturally is going to be the most popular one. It's the one people are really, really making the memes about. It's the one that is really the core because the cash flow is going to be paying most of your bills on a monthly basis. Equity capture is the difference between what you're starting with the deal in and what its value is when it's done. Principal reduction on the mortgage and then appreciation naturally in the market. So Let's dive into these four reasons, these four ways that real estate makes money in the context of a contemporary property. And this is something I'm going to be updating for the single family presentation because the deal that's currently listed in there is a deal that we did in 2014 and conditions have changed a bit since then. Um, This was a $200,000 house. Um, in the same area, I'm looking more at 250000 so that's what I've adjusted. And that's what I'm going to be looking at when we adjust these for the sample class. So I I wanted to put these numbers down for the new deal, so I'm, I'm going to be putting and talking about the numbers that we looked at for this $200,000 house that was done in Katy first, and then I'm going to discuss the contemporary numbers for 
a current property renting for current rates and, as I'm sure you're wondering, at current interest rates, which, from what I just looked at, are between 6.5 to 6.8. So the one that I saw was at 6.6. So that's what I put this particular deal analysis at once we get to that at the end. So first off is the cash flow. As we establish, this is the most important. This is what's paying most people's bills. This is the thing that people talk about the most because you're trying to replace your job or supplement your job with monthly income so you have more flexibility. And if you get laid off, like even the richest W-2 earners, you're still in a better position. We're going to talk more about cash flow once we get back. We're at the halfway point. I will see you all after the break. Stay tuned. The stock market was never designed to build wealth. It was designed to keep up with inflation. The average rate of return over the last 75 years is about 7%. You'll get that even with the ups and downs. If you want a higher rate of return and less volatility, consider real estate. We make about three times as much as the stock market. Please attend our free sample class to learn more. Go to TotalWealthAcademy.com. That is TotalWealthAcademy.com for reservations. Thank you. Welcome back, everybody, to the Total Wealth Academy radio show. I am your host for the Wednesday show, Trevor Davis, lead wealth coach up here at TWA. So if y'all want to chime in with the discussion today, you can give us a call. Give me a call, 281-558-5738. That's 281-558-KSEV. We'll connect you directly to us, and we can talk over the air. Or if you have a specific question that you want to ask anonymously, you can send me an email, trevor at totalwealthacademy.com. And of course, if you don't want me to discuss the details, you can establish that in the email as well. But if you want help, reach out, call, email, we'll get you taken care of. So let's take a look at what was a $200,000 ARV property that was in Katy. And this ended up being a $20,000 total out-of-pocket deal because... At the $200,000 ARV, ARV stands for After Repaired Value. So there's the acronym of the day, ARV, After Repaired Value, what this house is going to sell for on the open market when it's fixed up and it matches the quality of the neighborhood. So you don't want to under-repair, nor do you want to over-repair. Because if you under-repair, you're not going to sell it at the best price. And if you over-repair, you're not going to get those returns back on what you put into it. Check your comps. When you look at this property, you look at the sales comps to see what kind of rehab they've done, what upgrades are at the property. Assume that as part of your rehab to get your rehab budget to match it up to that point and make sure that this works. So this was a house that was built in 1977 with one owner that never did any substantial rehab at all on the property. So it still had everything original from 1977. And the appliances were relatively newer because very unlikely for a 1977 appliance to have lasted that long. The bones of the house, on the other hand, that's going to be around for a very long period of time. 
but it needed $45,000 in rehab, so the purchase price was $115,000 as it got negotiated too. And the holding and closing costs were $10,000 with the hard money loan used to purchase this property and rehab and finance the rehab. And then it went into a conventional loan to hold it as a owned, rented property. So add up 115 with 45 with 10 gets you an all-in price of 170000 So like most folks, we qualified for 75% hard money loan of the ARV. And I've talked to members at TWA that qualified for 80%. A lot of people first time will qualify for 70% of the ARV. And the more you qualify for, the better, because that means more of the cost will be covered by the loan, and that means less immediately out of your pocket. So at the 75% of $200,000, that's $150,000, the all-in price is one seventy. So we must subtract $150,000 from one hundred and seventy. dollars and what are, we, what are we left with? What do we actually put into this specific deal? $20,000. So that's the actual investment. And it's still a convenient number because as I talked about, most deals today are between twenty to 30000 So this is still on the low end of what we look at for deals today. So we have to keep in mind that when we invest money what we actually invested is how we get our rates of return annualized. So cash flow is going to be the first thing. It used to rent for $1,750. And these days, especially with current interest rates, I'd, I'd be wanting to rent this for closer to $2,000 or $2,100 because I'm using a mortgage calculator right now. There's they all do the same thing. So, you know, pick whichever website you like the mortgage calculator the best from. And today at the interest rates, which are right here, updated, looking like we're averaging at 6.424. It's going to be a total payment with Texas property taxes, um, the homeowner's insurance, and the HOA in that particular neighborhood at $16.58 a month. So, yeah, you'd want to be renting this thing for more like 2000 2100 So you've got that good 350 450 of leeway. And then you also have to put in your maintenance and vacancy, which most people typically do at about 10% of the rental rate. So that's when we would start to see what's right now, most people doing deals cash flowing like 200 to 250 a month when it's all said and done. Because of the higher interest rates, you have to make sure that you're not overcharging on your rent because you don't automatically just get that. With the interest rate increases, you're still competing with people that, you know, bought properties before the interest rates went up. This has been the same story since interest rates became a thing. So the excuse that people made when I talked to them during COVID about not buying real estate was that it's the middle of a pandemic. The deals themselves are highly priced and expensive. So they were conveniently ignoring the fact that interest rates were at the lowest ever. You know, they're focused on the fact, their whole focus is on the fact that the prices are high. That's their excuse now. 
Okay, so what was their excuse in 2008 and 9? The market was very unstable. We didn't know what was going to happen, so I didn't want to take part in real estate. Well, that's when I first started getting involved in real estate, working with my dad in high school, and I saw the way that this stuff worked, and I saw the reason why, hey, yeah, the real estate's you know gone down in value substantially, but... It's not going to go anywhere. There's still people moving to this city and there's still people that need to live in a house. It's not going to evaporate like the value of a whole stock in a company that could evaporate overnight. It's a whole different it's a whole different world of stability when it comes to real estate, but that's really a whole nother discussion I don't really want to dive into right now. So after 2008 and 9, after the transitional period when it should have been a good time, I guess like a perfectish time for these people because there weren't a whole lot of excuses then, or maybe that was the excuse. It wasn't a perfect time. It wasn't absolutely optimal. Then COVID happened, the deals were more expensive, and now people are saying, I'm not going to buy real estate because the interest rates are too high. When is enough going to be enough for you? What exactly are you going to need to see or hear? to get off your butt and start investing in something that's actually not going to lose you hundreds of thousands of dollars a year like the stock market. Because that's what I hear now very often. And I don't know if this is just a massive coincidence over the last couple of months, but I've heard more people talk about their losses, especially from 2022, than ever before. People that just call me over the phone and say, yeah, I lost over $500,000 last year. Or we lost over $200,000 last year, but hey, we've gotten 120 of it back with the gains in 2023. Well, okay, you're still in 